Hey, loggers, and welcome back to another bite-sized episode of the Backlog Breakdown. I don't know why I'm saying it like that. That's really weird. Um, Guys, last episode, in our full-length episode, when we were talking about NES games, I made a comment about Wisdom Tree, the, 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 the creators, the developer of Spiritual Warfare, the people who made that that game. And I, I, my comment was that they possibly were selling adult video games before they turned into a Christian company. Well, turns out I've done a little bit more research and I was wrong. Um, this was just a bad game of telephone in my brain. Um, I was just misremembering the details of a number of different things. So I wanted to uh, explain that a little bit. And uh, well, first off, I just want to apologize for spreading rumors. Uh, I, I shouldn't have done that, that because that's a, that's a pretty salacious rumor. That's not something you want said about your company. And uh, so I apologize. My bad, guys. Shouldn't do that. If I believed in penance, then this episode would be just that. Uh, instead, this is just an explanation along with some other anecdotes about the company. So it's not a full-on history of the company. Um, it's more like a documentary, you know? So I'm reading between the lines here. I'm giving my side of the story of from what I've researched here. Um, but I think it's going to be kind of fun. So uh, Wisdom Tree, the developer of the company. Uh, okay, let's let's back up a little bit, okay? The year is 1988. And on every Nintendo cartridge is the amazing, the wonderful, the ubiquitous Nintendo seal of quality so that you know your game is a quality game. Uh, well, not really. The seal of quality is just there to say that you actually licensed uh, the, the, the Nintendo has licensed your game for distribution on their platform. Uh, a man by the name of Dan Lawson did not like Nintendo's licensing scheme because, again, this is 1988. Uh, you think about kind of the video games that are popular of the time. Obviously, it'd be ar- arcades and things like that. But but home video gaming, you've got PC games where bootlegs are just everywhere, right? That's just part of it is you can make your own game and put it out. No big deal. Uh, even even with the Atari, like you didn't have to go to a licensing agency, at least as, as far as I'm aware. Nintendo was the big dog who just said, no, if you want to put something out on our system, we're, we have a, a method of locking you out from using our system unless you come to us first and we can supply you with the parts and all this stuff and all the information on how to actually program for our systems. So Nintendo had kind of a stranglehold on the market of Nintendo games. You want to put out a Nintendo game, you have to come to us first. And and Dan Lawson didn't like that. So what he did, um, I don't know if it was him, it was a number of programmers with him, I'm sure it's all of the above. But he was actually able to reverse engineer the NES lockout ship. So this is this is actually this is a pretty big deal uh, because now uh, Dan could create his own games and he could sell those games, and you can play them on an NES system without having to go to Nintendo first. Um, this is not illegal so long as it was actually reverse engineered. Um, it was never confirmed uh, because unlike a company like Tengen, if you know about that whole story, Nintendo never took Color Dreams to court. Uh, for one, Color Dreams was not as big of a gaming company as Tengen. Their games weren't as good either. And Nintendo had other means of kind of squashing uh, Color Dreams games from coming out, which we'll talk about in just a second here. As an aside, like Tengen they were actually nefarious in the way that they got their information on how the NES worked is they kind of got an in 
inside the company and got that information. I think it was actually from court documents that that Nintendo was uh, supposed to file um, that became public information. So so that whole thing was a big mess uh, when Nintendo Tech Tengen to court. But that wasn't the case here with Color Dreams. So for all intents and purposes, Color Dreams actually reverse engineered. And as we'll see later, um, that's pretty much confirmed that that's the case because um, with their reverse engineering process, they they weren't actually able to use the full scope of the NES in their games. So their games were more limited than your average NES game because they didn't know how all of the NES worked, at least it couldn't program for all of it, so you couldn't have as many sprites on a Color Dreams game as you could on the regular uh, Nintendo. Um, it, it just wasn't as robust. The games were were limited. Um, and, and so, anyways, so Color Dreams found out this way to make out to make games for the NES, right? So what did Nintendo do? Well, they saw that, hey, retailers are selling unlicensed games. Like, that's the whole point. We made this lockout chip. You need to license through us. So instead of going to Color Dreams, what they did is they threatened to stop selling games to the retailers who were carrying the unlicensed games. So, hey, you know, Target, Kmart, whatever. If you are selling an unlicensed game, if you're contracting through Color Dreams in order to sell their games, we're not going to ship you any more games. And you know how much our Nintendo games sell. Like, who are, are you really gonna gonna continue to sell these Color Dreams games? Like, they probably didn't sell that well because they're not that great of games. Um, and, and that just kind of leads into the the next thing here is that Color Dreams games they weren't what you call good games. Um, there were really only a dozen that were released, and they range in quality from absolute garbage to okay you know, playable, not the best. Um, like I said, they were limited by what they could reverse engineer from the NES. Um, so they didn't have access to the full range of the NES's capabilities. Uh, so they they were limited, but on top of that, they were they were really just okay. They didn't do too much with that. They had a handful of like trivia games, some puzzle games, and then some platformers that, again, are, are, are just okay. They're not really worth your time. Um, now, in talking about these games that they released, I need to bring up one in particular. I'm not going to talk about all of them, but one of them for the, just to explain my my reasoning here. There was a game, one of the last games that uh, Color Dreams released. It's a game called Menace Beach, in which you are a punk skateboarder kid and you're like beating up on townspeople and stuff. But of course, uh, it's the NES, and so the story is your girlfriend gets kidnapped, right? And so you're trying to get your girlfriend back. So. Throughout the course of the game, um, it, it cuts over to a picture of your girlfriend who is chained up to the wall in a prison cell. So it's like, okay, that's that's weird and like like voyeuristic, like kind of kind of creepy. Well, throughout the course of the game, as you continue on, um, because it's taking you so long to get your girlfriend back, her clothes are disintegrating. So as it, every time it cuts to her, it gets her clothes get more ragged, and they start falling off to the point where, like towards the end of the game, the last picture that you get, she is just in her underwear. So you have this picture of a girl chained to a prison wall in a bra and panties. Like th th this is why I thought that that Color Dreams had put out adult games. 
it's not exactly an adult game. It just has a gross depiction of a woman like being taken advantage of. Like it's it's just pervy and weird and gross. And and it's in an NES game. Like there's no way that Nintendo would have let this fly, right? So all of this together, right? Color Dreams is putting out mostly bad games. It's kind of a legal gray area too, the way that they they produce their games and, and are trying to distribute it. And now they're being pushed out of the market by Nintendo. So what are they supposed to do if they can't sell their games anywhere? If they can't sell their games anywhere? Well, wouldn't you know it, turning to the light fixed all of their problems. Funny enough, um, Color Dreams saw that there was a market for Christian games. Uh, there's, there was really low competition and no lack of distribution there. See, if, if you put yourself in the mindset of like the late 80s, uh, Christian bookstores were carrying all kinds of different media, but they definitely weren't carrying licensed Nintendo games, right? So what better than to start making quote-unquote Christian games, like games with Bible themes in general, and then just market them through these Christian bookstores who would carry them, who like basically have no competition whatsoever. And I mean, if, if you've ever been in one of these Christian bookstores, if you put yourself back in that time, quality is not exactly the first thing that you go <laughs> to a Christian bookstore for. Um, obviously, you can find some things of quality, don't get me wrong. Um, I'm not completely bashing it, but at the same time, like you think late 80s, early 90s, like so long as it has uh, you know, a fish symbol on it, it's going to be stocked in a Christian bookstore. You know, think of the, your, your WWJD bracelets and things like that, like these Christian fads and stuff. So Color Dream saw this and they were like, okay, let's get in on that market. Since we can't sell our games anymore, like no one is going to sell these things, let's go ahead and start making Christian video games. And so Color Dreams changed uh, their name and became Wisdom Tree, and the rest is history. Um, and according to Wikipedia, the funny thing is, I thought was really funny though, is that they actually did really well for themselves. That that even if the games themselves aren't that good, they were able to make a lot of money. <laughs> and and my experience uh, plays that out because I have seen multiple copies of Bible Adventures, the baby blue cartridge, like everywhere, and that was the first game that they put out. Um, and we talked about it last episode. It's not a great game. It's okay. It's just okay. If if it's all that you have, then you can enjoy it. There is some enjoyment to be had, but it's by no means something that you have to play. Um, you know, as Christians, like it could be fun just to look at how like cheesy and dumb it is. But there, but it's not really a good game. Um, like I said, I, I can attest, attest to this because it was one of the games that I had, Bible Adventures, growing up, and so I played it a bunch. Spiritual Warfare 2, I think, is actually probably the best thing that they've ever put out. I think it's actually a pretty good game. Um, and and you just play what it is that you have, what you can get your hands on. And if your Christian parents want to give you something that will teach you uh, good things that has like this veneer of Christianity over it, and 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 that's not filth, right? You know that there are some legitimately bad video games out there. Then okay, hey, they see this this video game. My kids into the video games. And, you know, why not pick this thing up while you're in the Christian bookstore and 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 gift it to your, you know, to your uh, grandkid for Easter? Why not? 
So the funny thing is that not only are Wisdom Tree games of middling quality, they actually came from, a lot of them came from dubious origins because some of the games were just pure reskins of previous games with only tangential relationships to the Bible. Um, so Color Dreams, some of the games that Color Dreams put out, they just reskinned them and called them, gave them Christian names. Like um, there's an Exodus game and there's a Joshua game that play exactly the same. And it's based on a Color Dreams game called Crystal Minds, um, which is sort of like a, I mean, even calling it a Bomberman clone is is not doing Bomberman justice because it's, it's much more simple than that, but think of kind of like that top-down, somewhat single screen. You can scroll a little bit, but but sort of a puzzle game like that, and that's what Crystal Mines was. So they basically just made other levels, or they might have even just reskinned Crystal Mines itself, and then called it Exodus or called it Joshua. Like puzzle games are the, the journey out of Exodus. Like whatever, and and actually, in fact. Um, Wisdom Tree, I was about to say Color Dreams, Wisdom Tree created the only unlicensed Super Nintendo game. If you've ever heard of Super 3D Noah's Ark, this is just a reskin of Wolfenstein 3D. Well, it's it's a mod of Wolfenstein 3D, basically. Apparently, id Software was really upset about how bad the port of Wolfenstein 3D was to the Super Nintendo and gave the source code to Wisdom Tree so that they could make their own game. Um, and so Wisdom Tree created this game, and, to, and instead of reverse engineering the Super Nintendo lockout chip, they created like this top loader cartridge. So what you have to do is you pop Super 3D Noah's Ark into your Super Nintendo, and then you put a real Super Nintendo game on top of that, sort of like a Game Genie, if you've ever seen one of those, so that the Super Nintendo sees, oh, this is a legitimate Super Nintendo game in here. And, and and plays the the information off of Super 3D Noah's Ark. Um, it's sort of like you know, like Game Genie, like like a Sonic and Knuckles, something like that. And as far as gameplay goes, uh, in Super 3D Noah's Ark, you are Noah. It's first person, and you slingshot different animals to put them to sleep. So it's a shooter <laughs> where you're putting the animals on the ark to sleep. I, I don't know. I don't. It's it's crazy. It's insane. You should you should go search this out because they've actually re-released it on Steam fairly recently, a few years ago, which is which is just funny that these things have kind of uh, resurfaced. And obviously, you can tell by these, um, you know, the content of these games that they are super biblical, right? They they are just staying the the toe in the line with the the christian themes here right i'm i'm sure that uh, all the moms and pops were really happy that they invested in a christian company when they brought home super 3d noah's ark and and gave that to to little johnny right well anyways um remember that game that game menace beach that i talked about in color dreams the uh the the really uh perverted Super Nintendo Nintendo game. And, and excuse me, you know, this is, just, it was a small part of the game. The game didn't really have much to do with that. But like, why would you throw that in there? Come on, guys. Anyways, about that game. Uh, that game was reskinned and Wisdom Tree put it out and it's called Sunday Fun Day. It was the last official release on the NES from what I could see. Although, was it really official if it's unlicensed? Um, but yeah, that, that, uh, that same game, that had the girl tied to the prison wall in her underwear 
was turned into a Christian game <laughs> where you're a skateboarding kid and you're trying to get to Sunday school and, and people are like stopping you from getting to Sunday school. Of course, they did pull that picture out. There's no girlfriend in this because that wouldn't be Christian, having a girlfriend at that age. Um, but they replaced those those screens with uh, an ugly Sunday school teacher who's complaining that you're late. Because uh, once again, it's super biblical. You know, I, I remember reading that verse in the, I think it's the Old Testament, you know, maybe one, one of those Old Testament prophets that no one ever read. It's Nahum. Anyways, uh, do, do you see? Do you see how I could have gotten this confused? Um, it, but you, you know what? I'm not trying to. I, this is an apology. This is an explanation. I'm not trying to. Um, uh, I'm not trying to make excuses here. Okay, it teaches me a lesson that I shouldn't spread rumors on a public platform. So, I apologize. I ask for forgiveness. They did not create adult video games. Uh, they were super, super Christian, definitely. Uh, okay, just to just to finish off, one little one last note that I think is really funny, as, as I'm looking into this, as I'm looking into this company, you know, the the name of the company that they chose when they decided to make Christian video games is Wisdom Tree. I'm thinking about uh, what is a Wisdom Tree? Um, well, I know of a, a certain tree uh, had to do with wisdom, uh, had to do with knowledge, had to do with the knowledge of good. things things and of evil things. Do, do you remember the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? What, what was the fruit that came from that? All right, anyways, uh, catch you next week, vloggers. Bye! Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Backlog Breakdown. If you want to join in the conversation, you can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com or join our Facebook group, The Backlog Book Club, on Facebook. And on Twitter, our handle is at BBDownCast. Of course, you can also catch Nate and I on our social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and the GG app. I go by Broccolope, that's spelled B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E, and Nate goes by Nate underscore McKeever. Till next time, loggers, you keep beating down those backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits.